Hey, my name is Rachel, and you're listening to Maker Style, a creative lifestyle podcast where we talk about blogging, small business, and of course, lots and lots of sewing. Listening to Maker Style is like sitting down for a coffee and chat with your BFFs who are just as passionate about making things as you are. Hey everyone, my name is Rachel. You're listening to the Maker Style Podcast, and today we have a really awesome interview coming at you. Guys, I am so excited to be starting off the season with this particular interview. We're going to be talking with Maddie from Madeline Intimates all about her business, where she finds her inspiration, and it was just a really great conversation. I love Maddie's candor and how she is so open discussing how she got into sewing and what her journey looked like and also just what her business looks like now and what it's really like being an entrepreneur. I think you guys are really going to love this episode and in particular I was super excited to shoot this interview for a couple of reasons. Firstly because a Madeline pattern was one of the first lingerie patterns I ever made and now it's one of my favorite things to sew. It was the Noelle bralette. Um, which I made into like a crop top, but definitely was a great first step into lingerie sewing, and it's an awesome free pattern. So if you're not familiar, I would go check that out. It's a good one. And also because two years ago, Maddie and I were trying really hard to be able to find a time to sit down and schedule an interview, and unfortunately, it stars just didn't align. It didn't work out with our timing. But this time, for the reboot of the show, we were able to make it work. So I'm stoked that we finally got a chance to sit down and talk And yeah, Um, like I kind of talk about throughout the interview, Maddie is someone who I've really admired for a long time. I've been following her blog pretty much since I started sewing. It was one of those blogs that I really got into when I started my sewing journey. And it was great to actually have a chance to chat with her. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. I think you guys are really going to enjoy our conversation. Maddie, how are you doing today? Hi, Rachel. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am so excited to have a chance to talk with you. I'm excited to talk to everybody and you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you mind telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. um, So I am Maddie Flanagan. Um, I am the blogger, seamstress, lingerie um, enthusiast behind Madeline Intimates. Um, I offer, I'm a Philadelphia-based uh, laundry company and sewing studio. I offer DIY laundry kits, um, laundry supplies, um, made-to-order laundry, as well as bra-making workshops. So I offer laundry that you can buy and laundry that you can sew um, for the DIYer and then for someone who can't even thread a button. Um, so that's kind that's of so what cool. I do. Yeah. Awesome. And whereabouts are you based out of? I'm based in Philadelphia, so the Northeast. Cool. How how exactly did this all get started? Because I remember reading your blog way back in the day, and then now today you have such an amazing, fulsome business. And I would love to know kind of how you got from point A to just learning bra and lingerie sewing to now. Oh, geez, it's a long story. <laughs> um, I know I look like I'm, like, 14. I'm still waiting for puberty to hit. But I'm actually um, – I think I'm turning 32. I'm somewhere in the 30s, early 30s. <laughs> um, 
And really every step has been a progression. So it was mm-hmm. never, um, you know, I have, I have goals for five years from now, 10 years from now, but like every step that I've taken has been um, like an evolution of the last step. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started sewing when I was 18. Um, my mom, when I was a teenager, she was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of, when I was 12. Um, And she had a really long battle with breast cancer and spent most of my teenage years in the hospital um, seeing her, you know, fight cancer, um, spine collapse, uh, double mastectomy, hysterectomy, um, out MD Anderson cancer in Houston. And I think just um, seeing all of that um, kind of gives you a different perspective on um, life and like what, what. You, you want to leave this earth um, accomplishing something and most of all, helping others. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she, unfortunately she passed away when I was 18. And when I, uh, six months after she passed away, I was in her linen closet, um, just kind of rummaging around and I actually found her old sewing machine. And um, so I took it to, I had always been in fashion. I, I had no idea what it was, but it had always been in fashion. So I took it to my local tailor her name was Mishka, and um, one lesson turned into a two-year, pretty much mentorship, um, two-and-a-half, three-year mentorship with a woman who once worked for Kristen Dior. Wow. Um, so, and she became, I feel like, uh, I have I, I have a whole arm of tattoos, sleeve of tattoos, and I feel like the stars have aligned in ways in my life and that's what the stars mean on my tattoo. Um, and I think that Mishka came into my life, um, when I lost a mother figure mm-hmm. and she, be- she kind of became my mom. Um, so I, I was there for three years. I kind of learned sewing backwards as far as like, I, I literally, when you're in a tailor shop, you learn about everything and anything. Um, <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. So I, I worked there for three years, and then I actually transferred to um, Savannah College of Art and Design, um, studied fashion design there for a year, um, that's, and I couldn't afford to go there anymore, so I went, I transferred to Johnson & Wales, got a full scholarship there. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied uh, retail, uh, I don't even remember what I studied, I studied <laughs> something about retail and merchandising, and yeah but as part of their program you have to have an externship and um on a whim I applied to Urban Outfitters and many people asked me now like how the hell did you get into Urban Outfitters I was like I have no idea I applied <laughs> and I and I somehow got in but the stars aligning right really and I went up and the woman who um me was a breast cancer survivor um so I got a 10 week internship there and I only ended up staying or I, I only intended to stay 10 weeks, but I actually ended up staying 10 years or eight and a half years. Wow. So I started off in technical design. So I was the kind of the middleman between the designer and um, the uh, manufacturer. So I did tech packs. I did um, wash care, label care, fittings, patterns, all that stuff. That's where I first got into lingerie. So anthropology at the time, which if you're not familiar, RBN is the um, parent company and anthro, urban, beholden, terrain, and free people are all brands underneath. Okay. So, so I 
um, first start off in jackets with Anthro, and then I actually switched over sweaters and some intimates um, and technical design and sourcing. So that was when I was sort of exposed to intimates. But at that time, Anthro didn't have um, their own label. So they were basically um, bringing in other labels. So I was um, just making sure that they matched like our standards and, uh, you know, were up to quality standards, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. but I've always been, I've always been blogging since I was 18. Um, so the company took note that I was a blogger and they wanted to start an internal website for their company. Um, so I, they approached me, they asked me if I would start um, an internal website for the company, URBN, and um, I said yes. And mm-hmm. so for six months, I worked with IT and I developed an internal website for them. Um, and so my role switched over from technical design and then I went over to being the blogger and I worked in that position for three years and it, it blossomed into, by the time that I left, it blossomed into, um, I was, I handled all internal communications and PR for URBN. And I also was the resident photographer in-house graphic designer and, um, blogger. Wow. So, yeah, it was like four jobs in one. But if anybody <laughs> asks, like, oh, you do all your graphic design, you do all your websites, you do all your photography, it was because I, I did all of that. So it really yeah. is seamless for me to do it. But because of my role at Urban, I, I knew a lot of people. So um, the creative director of Urban Outfitters approached me one day and was like, I just love that you're still making things and in this fast fashion world. Can we license five of your designs and sell it in stores and online so that was april 2016 and at the same time someone from simplicity attended one of my workshops amazing and when she left she was like hey do you want to do um patterns um would you be interested in patterns i was like uh yeah (laughs) so actually both of those both of those came out in the same month and it was at that point where i was like you know what I'm not going to die at Urban Outfitters. I think I've had my time here. I'm going to give myself one year to kind of do my own thing and see where it takes me. And that was three years ago. So That's incredible. Yeah. So when I left, you know, I started the DIY kits. I started teaching more. And really, it's just been one step after the other. Um, doing more ready-made. I think when I came out with ready-made the first time, it was it was too big and over my head. And I've taken a step back. And – but. I, I took a step back from that last year, but now I'm I'm starting smaller this time and growing, and it feels better um, awesome. to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels really good. Yeah. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for just sharing so openly and candidly about your story. It's, it's so great to hear it from you and just the journey that you've been on. I really loved hearing about that, so I appreciate you sharing. Um, it's really just been one step, so, but yeah. <laughs> one step at a time. And one th- one th- and one one thing about my personality is I will always be completely honest. I try to be nice, but I'm always honest. So I will always share, you know, my experiences, my stories, my sources, all that stuff. Um, because I'm a college dropout and I've only made it this far by people helping me. So I try to help other people. What a beautiful mindset. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you first started Madeline – there's so many different elements of your business. You know, you have your pattern lines. Are they all exclusive with Simplicity? Yes. And, okay. But Simplicity just merged with McCall's and Butterick's, um, or I think McCall's. Um, so it's all under one now. One umbrella. Um, 
Yeah. And then you also have your kits and your ready wear and then your workshops. How would you say that your time in your business is kind of broken up between each of these very different facets? All over the place. <laughs> <laughs> All over the place. It's just, what do I need to do today? So deadlines mm-hmm. and, and, and I have an, I have a, um, a, I'm mentoring a girl. Her name's Shayla. You may have seen her pop up on like my Instagram stories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 the only way that I handle my day is I literally break it into like 15, 20 an hour increments. Shayla from one to three 30, we're going to do this from three 30 to four. We're going to do this from four to five. We're going to do this in, and like, that's how I break up my day. But in order for me to do that. So a problem that I was having when I was first starting out was I was putting too much into my day. And that's because I didn't know how long everything takes. Mm-hmm. So now I can schedule my days because I know how long everything mm-hmm. takes. So I know that I can sew two things in two hours. So I'm going to schedule one to three to mm-hmm. sew. Um, so that's kind of, and, and really it's just the needs for the day. Um, I had a calendar and I just have deadlines and um, just kind of taking it at, you know, how I'm going to hit those deadlines. Yeah. And I, what, what I found really interesting about what you just said there is that at the beginning you were trying to cram like way too much into every single day. How was it like to learn and be realistic with what you can accomplish in a day? Um, it's just, it's just through trial and error. Like mm-hmm. I know that four, if I get four orders in, that's probably gonna take me an hour to do. Um, so it's just through trial and error. So like if eight orders come in, I need to schedule eight, two hours to get those eight orders out. And, you know, so it's just through practice and doing things that, you know, your time. And the problem I was having is like, I was, I was pretty much, you know, scheduling my days for like six hour projects, like Mm -hmm. four, six hour projects. That's like 24 hours. There's no way they can do that. (laughs) So it's really knowing your time and then scheduling it accordingly. Yeah. That's a great productivity tip. I think I would imagine that being an entrepreneur and like starting out on your own business, at least with my personality, maybe other people are different. Like, it would be so tempting at the beginning to, like, grind, 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 and, like, try and jam everything into one day because you really want this to work, but it's so important to be realistic with yourself so that you don't get burnt out. And also to, like, I, I mean, I work till about 9 o'clock at night. I get a later start. I usually get mm-hmm. to do it at, like, 10, um, but every single night I shut off at 9, and I go downstairs, and my fiancé, now my fiancé, Yes, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I spent time with him. Like, I, everything I had, I had, I owned my condo, um, you know, but I was very lonely when I was Mm -hmm. working corporate. Um, And now, you know, nothing I do, nobody's going to die. Like, nobody's going to die. I can shut off at nine. Yeah. And I shut off at nine and I go downstairs and I spend time with him. And I wake up with him every morning. Um, and that is, that is so important to me. Like yeah. nothing, nothing gets in the way of that pretty much. That's awesome that you have such great, I guess I would say boundaries in your business where you're really able to kind of carve out a work-life balance, even though I know so many entrepreneurs say that's such a struggle. Yeah. I'm not a neurosurgeon, you know, people, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 the, nobody's again, nobody's going to die. Like I'm just making panties. <laughs> Well, that's it. Speaking of panties, I did want to ask you because I you just recently shipped me a Madeline bra and underwear kit, and I haven't dug in yet, but I'm really excited. It's on my to do list this week. 
And I know you recently released a couple new kits where you can sew up multiple underwear in one kit. And I'm kind of curious, and I think some of the listeners are too, how how do you go about kind of selecting your fabrics and selecting kind of what styles you like to wear for yourself or include in your lingerie collection? Do you have any insights on that? So I would say two things. Um, one, I work by colors mm-hmm. because um, now I'm at a point where I, I buy all my trims custom dyed. Um, so in order for me to do that, when I, when I do that, I order panty elastic, pico elastic, strap elastic, hooks and eyes. I, I buy them all in a, all in one color. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I work, okay, what fabrics are, can I put with that? Um, so I, the, that's how I work as far as like choosing fabrics and colors. And pretty much all my colors are blush pink, white, black, navy blue, and red. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do lavender. I don't do blue. I don't do yellow. It's not because I don't like them, but it's because if I had to do that, I would have to buy a whole set of new trims, um, to go with that. Cause there are many components to a bra. So like, mm-hmm. you usually think you have to have the panty elastic, the pico elastic, the strap elastic, the hooks, not all that to go with it. So I yeah. stick to my, ba- I stick to my basic colors. And then also if it, if it's not something I would wear, I would, I won't make it. So that's um, like there, there are many things like this will inspire Victoria's Secret and all that stuff is beautiful. But I, if I'm going to make something like my time is very limited, if I'm going to make something, I want to wear it day in and day out. Mm-hmm. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And I, 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 I like, I like to think of myself as like the Kate Spade of lingerie. So <laughs> very simple. Like there's nothing really like extravagant about the silhouettes it's the fun fabrics it's the bright colors um so it's the pops of colors um so that's kind of my inspiration when when um thinking of a new design so fun feminine um every day um those are probably my three words yeah and for yourself do I know some of your bra patterns have underwires and some without do you find yourself gravitating to styles that are one way or the other I have a new style that's coming out, hopefully like in a month or two. And that's an, yeah, that's an underwire. And I have been wearing that one, the samples of that one every day because I am petite. um, And I feel like I need lightly lined cups in order to provide a little bit of shape. Um, Mm -hmm. Because if not, a lot of my stuff too is, you know, not skin tight. It's kind of like oversized. So, um, if I don't wear that, if I wear just, you know, the bare bralette or something, uh, I, I've noticed that I kind of feel like it, flat, it doesn't flatten me out, but it just makes me look, I feel like I look more feminine um, yeah. in the new stuff. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm excited to see that because as like a fellow column shaped girl, I also feel like some bra styles can really diminish the curves that I have. And I'm all about, you know, looking maybe a little bit more curvy than I am. So I yeah, and it go ahead. Go, oh no, I was just gonna say I'm I'm usually drawn to underwire patterns for that reason. Although I do have a couple of bralettes that I love for comfort, and that's I think another reason why I love the foam too. Just that little little bit of extra spacing makes me look a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm hoping for this one. It's a really you know almost like a t-shirt bra. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, depending on what fabric you use, I I it could be. Um, yeah. Just very oh, fun every day. Um, 
So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about that. When it comes Stay tuned. To... <laughs> well, now I'm all excited. Um, when it comes to your own collection at home, I know you kind of mentioned that when it comes to picking colors for the shop, you're always thinking about kind of your stock and what's going to work with the things that you already have and kind of create like a consistent collection for customers to choose from. But when you're just sewing for yourself for fun, are you always thinking about making sets or do you have like an odd bra that's a strange color and panties that don't match with anything and that's just the way it is? No, I, I sew, I, I sew in sets. Um, okay. I make it a point to do sets. Be- and I, when I start off, I only did bras. And I was like, yo, I don't have any underwear. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly where I am now. Yes, I'm like, I have beautiful bras, but I have, I'm literally have no underwear. <laughs> yeah. So um, th- then I made a point where like, hey, I'm just, even if it's like a simple thong, and honestly, I've just been making the 8437s without the, without the lace panels done. Yeah. And it takes me 40 minutes to sew a thong. So, really fast. And, what, and what I do is that when I'm attaching, I, I try to um, add the steps into the bra making process. So it's not like I make the bra and then I make the thong. I kind mm-hmm. of add, when I'm adding the pico elastic to the bra, I'll add the pico elastic to the thong. So it's kind of all one process. Because if I make the bra and then I leave the thong to the last part, I'll never do it. I'll never do it. <laughs> I need to really take that advice to heart because then maybe I would have some complete matching sets. <laughs> like when you sew the side seams of your bra, sew the side seams of your underwear. When you attach the pico elastic on your bra, attach the pico elastic on your underwear, and then you're done. So Sorry. I kind of like slip it into that whole bra sewing, and then that's how I do it. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the bras that you have in your collection right now, I know you mentioned that in terms of kind of at a high level, you're really inspired by like feminine silhouettes and like fun prints, but nothing too complicated. Where do you go? You, you have so many patterns and so many of them are in silhouettes that I would never even think of. Like thinking of the new Raquel, um, there's an option for it to have a ruffle at the bottom. Just that I would never have thought to add that. So where do you find inspiration and just kind of keep yourself creative when coming up with patterns? Um, I'm naturally a creative person, so I'm always looking mm-hmm. for new ideas. And I come across a lot of new ideas, and I pin them, and I save them to collections on Instagram. And it's the ones that stick out, and mm-hmm. I can't, because I'll edit down my Pinterest board, and then I'll add them up again, and I'll edit them down, and I'll add them up again. Yeah. And it's the ones that stick that I'm like, you know what, I, I, that, one's a, that's one, that one's a keeper. Yeah. Awesome. So, so so that's kind of how I choose, like, what my next event. Or I just fall in love with something. Like, I actually don't have a lot of clothes. I, do, I still buy my clothes. I just – I wish I had time to make them, but I don't. You have um, a whole place. I, yeah, and I make all my lingerie for the most part. Um, but I don't have a lot of clothes. But all my clothes I wear over and over again. And they're things that, like, I'll spot and I'll be like, I love it. Done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't care if it's I don't care if it's seven dollars or three hundred dollars done because I know that I'll wear it for like uh, the dress I'm wearing now. I probably had for like five years. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so I have a couple pieces like that in my wardrobe too, and honestly, those are just like the gifts I keep on giving. And it's nice yeah. because they're they're dependable too. You know what they go with. You don't really have to think too much about how you're fitting them into outfits or your wardrobe. It's just the dependable piece. 
Mm-hmm. I'd love to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about your business. Like we were talking about earlier, um, starting your own business is huge and so incredible. And it sounds like it's a really fulfilling job for you. And I was curious if you could tell me a little bit about kind of what are some of your favorite parts about being your own business? Um, I mean, every part is, is good. I, I, you know, I, I do think that it was, it's my dad was an entrepreneur. He literally built his business from scratch and I saw that and he's very successful now, but he was always of the mindset um, that this is, I think there are some kids who grow up and they kind of think that they're entitled to their parents' wealth. And my dad was always of the mindset. I built this from scratch. This is mine. If you want the same, you need to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's in me to be an entrepreneur. Um, You know, the best part is you get to set your own schedule. You know, I wake up at seven in the morning every day. Um, I go, I'm able to work out every morning. Um, I set my schedule. Um, Every day is a struggle. And I say that every day is a good struggle. Um, I'm very fortunate. You know, there are a lot of small businesses that fail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and everybody says like you do so much as far as like your classes and your ready-made and like your kits and your fabrics stuff like that. And let me tell you, at the end of the month, I need every single aspect of all of that um, in order to make a profit. Um, but every day is a good struggle. I mean, I think that I'm very fortunate to have built. Um, to have built what I have and also to have such a loyal following. I feel very, I feel very fortunate. That's awesome. I'm sure connection with the community is such a rewarding thing in this type of business. When you get to see people really love um, your kits and your patterns and just be able to make things with your help, it must be really rewarding. It is. And teaching is, you know, it, it drains me. Um, it's a lot of people. Every workshop, I'm like, I'm like, why the hell did I do this? And then at the end, everyone at the end of everyone, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I feel good. I feel good. But leading up to it, I'm like, oh my god, I gotta get this and I gotta get that. And why? How? Why do I get myself into this every single month? <laughs> um, and but the end of it, you know, being in the fashion uh, industry, everything is so close guarded, and you're such in competition with each other. And what I like about the sewing community is that it's never about that. Um, you know, I will, I'm here to help you. I'm here to give back. I'm here to give you my knowledge. I'm not trying to hold on to anything, um, and try to beat you down or, you know, I want you to succeed. So Mm -hmm. if you want to know where I get my laces, sure. Because, you know, if we go to the same lace supplier, it's like going into Forever 21. If Rachel, if you and I went into Forever 21, it's the same store. We probably buy completely different things. Probably. You know? And you have your own style, so I'm not in competition with you. Um, so yeah, but I don't, I, I don't think that answered the question though. <laughs> no, but um, I, no, I really love that though because I think if I was to talk, if I was to think about, you know, why has the sewing community really been so successful and why is it growing online? I think this is the attitude. Why? It's the attitude of the business owners and the people who are influential in the space being like, yeah, come on in, you can sit with us, let's talk. And I think that level of welcomingness and inclusivity is really our secret sauce for why people are so passionate about sewing. I've only succeeded because you guys are cheering me on. Mm-hmm. My success is because of you guys. And so it's not because of like, you know, some article that came out or like whatever, like you guys have been cheering me on along the way. So like, 
I want to give back to you. So I think that's, you know, the best aspect of my business is I get to help people. Um, you, you know, I get to help people. I get to teach people. I get, you know, to give back. So, yeah. No, if you don't mind me asking, this isn't kind of a question that I pitched you in advance, but you talked a lot about how sometimes it's, it can be really hard running your own business and even just being someone who has a profile online, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. There's a lot of stress that comes along with that. And I'm kind of curious about how you navigate the online space and if you have any tips for kind of remaining positive and kind of keeping a good, hopeful outlook on things. Yeah. I, you know, I think for most people in the sewing community, um, know about Mimi G. Um, mm-hmm. And she's a friend um, of mine. And I think, you know, she, she's pretty much like Instagram. She's IG famous. Um, yes. <laughs> 100%. And I think the reason why she's IG famous is because she just keeps it real. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I want to take a step away from Instagram for a day, I do. And I don't give two shits about it. Um, <laughs> it'll be there the next day. And if I want to go out and have fun, like, one day and not post, sure. Um, so the best way to navigate, like, business, social media, all that stuff, just keep it real. You know, it's don't fake it. Just, just, I mean, I, the truth always comes out. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have an online persona, it's going to come out. Um, you know, what I like about me, Regina, I, I look up to her very much, um, is that she's just always honest. Um, so I think honesty is like the best route. Even yeah. in business, like if I want to buy something, like if somebody's trying, you know, a company's trying to pitch something to me, I was like, I just don't have the money. Like that's it. It's great stuff. I just don't have the money. Um, yeah. So I think honesty is always the best route. So that's how I navigate. That's how I navigate it. That's a great tip. And of course, like a good golden rule for life in general, but I do appreciate your honesty about how you approach this kind of situation, because I think it is, it is good to hear about how other people approach the online world and navigating a business in this space. Maddie, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. You've shared so much about your business and your story and the way that you have really kind of approached building Madeline Intimates. And I appreciate your candor and honesty throughout the interview. Well, I have to thank you as well um, for choosing me. Um, I do feel very honored. Um, Aw, shucks. Do you mind uh, letting people know where they can go to find a little bit more about you and maybe learn a little bit more about your business if they're not already following you already? Yeah, so um, you can go to www.madeline.com to shop DIY kits, uh, sewing supplies, sign up for a workshop or made-to-order laundry. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram uh, at mmadeline. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show today, and I hope that you have a good night. You too. Awesome. See you later, Maddie. Hey, everyone. That wraps up our interview for today. Thank you so much for listening. I love chatting with you guys, and I'm super stoked to be doing this for the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a good one. 
if you guys are liking the reboot of the podcast and want maybe let's say more than 10 episodes could you please do me a favor and head on over to instagram you can follow me there at maker.style and please let me know who else you want to hear interviewed on the show if you tag them let them know about the show it really helps me secure awesome guests for our conversations Thank you so much, and I can't wait to hear from you guys next week when we talk to a certain slow sewist about the way that she approaches fashion. We'll see you there.